You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Hey everyone, welcome back to Building the Buckeyes, a new podcast here on Buckeyes Now on Sports Illustrated that focuses exclusively on the latest happenings on the Ohio State football recruiting trail. I'm your host, Andrew Lynn, and in this episode I'll be focusing mostly on a handful of prospects who recently announced their top schools lists, as well as an upcoming decision that could lead to Ohio State landing its second pledge for the class of 2023. Up first is Iowa four-star safety Xavier and Wankpa, who listed Iowa, Notre Dame, and Ohio State as his final three on Saturday afternoon. The Buckeyes have long been viewed as a favorite in his recruitment, and there was a thought that he might commit during his official visit in June. He held off in order to take other visits, though, and that has helped him narrow things down to the three schools I mentioned. The next month is going to be critical in Nwankba's recruitment, as he's set to take an official visit to Iowa for the Hawkeyes game against Penn State this coming weekend. He'll then make his way back to South Bend for an unofficial visit with the Fighting Irish on October 23rd, as well as back to Columbus for the Buckeyes game against the Nittany Lions on October 30th. That said, Nwankpa doesn't plan to make his college decision until his birthday on December 8th or during the early signing period, which begins one week later. That'll give him plenty of time to mull over the finalists. So, where exactly does Ohio State stand heading into this critical juncture? Through it all, I've always believed the Buckeyes were the leader in Nwankpa's recruitment. Now, I know there was some legitimate concern about Texas A&M this summer, and it was sort of a surprise to see Notre Dame make the final cut instead of the Aggies. Perhaps the on-field product and proximity make a difference there. But make no mistake, this is truly a battle between Ohio State and Iowa, especially with how well the Hawkeyes have been playing defensively this season. In the end, I think Nwankwa's recruitment will ultimately come down to relationships, and that's a good thing for the Buckeyes, as he's extremely tight with other commitments in the class, and it has always been a priority for the staff. The opportunity to compete for national championships and practice against some of the best wide receivers, if not the best wide receivers in the country, will play a significant role as well. The biggest thing for me is if you go back to his official visit in early June, He was on campus with most of the commits and several top targets, including Las Vegas Bishop Gorman four-star safety Zion Branch. During that visit, the staff laid out a very clear plan for both, with Nwankpa at the Bullet, which is a hybrid linebacker safety spot, and Branch as a traditional cover safety. Throwing commit Kai Stokes at free safety as well, and the Buckeyes would have the secondary covered. You'll also notice Ohio State has not really pursued any other safety targets in this cycle. And Wankpa and Branch have always been at the top of the board, and unless one or both say that they're going elsewhere, nothing is going to change on that front. And that said, I don't think that it will. So about an hour and a half after Wankpa dropped his top schools list, California four-star defensive tackle Hero Canoe announced the top five of Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Now, it wasn't really a surprise to see the Buckeyes make the cut. As you may recall, Canoe took an unofficial visit to Columbus for a one-day visit in June and loved it so much that he stayed for an extra day of camp while the rest of his travel group headed on to their next stop. 
He then returned to campus in late July for the program's annual Buckeye Bash and Barbecue, just so that he could spend more time with Ohio State defensive line coach Larry Johnson. Here's what Canoe had to say about working out with Johnson following his camp visit. It's a process, so it's about getting better every single day. And I would say I got better today with Coach Larry Johnson. Yeah, how do you enjoy working out with Coach Jay? I mean, it's it's different. He's he's not somebody that, that just screams around and uh, he really tries to teach you the moves, what you have to do, the details, how you get better. That's what I like. What kind of um, details did you think you picked up from Coach Johnson today? It's the hips, it's especially the rib, the club rib, elbow here, so you have more power in your, in your, in your punch and the hips, footwork. It's just the different, um, different exercises we do. It's different than high school level. We are in a college now. Yeah. As you go camp to camp, um, how much are the things that Coach Johnson does here? How does how does that like stand out? I guess from some of the other stuff you've seen, because he has a reputation for doing things a little differently. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's about. Learning, that's what he said earlier. It's about learning and do the things he told you to do and translate it on the field. So I learned something new, you translate it right away. Do whatever he says. Exactly. How, how much did you know about Larry Johnson before you got here today, before you got to on this tour? So I received my offer during the season, so I was still in contact with him, but not that intense. And for support, I had my coach, Collier, who was in continuous um, in contact with Coach Larry Johnson. And I've been talking to him and all that. Even on that tour, we've been in contact the whole time, and we just get to know each other, and I'm looking forward to keep building that relationship. With that said, the next month or so will ultimately decide where Canoe ends up as well. He's set to take an official visit to Oklahoma on October 16th, Notre Dame on October 23rd, Ohio State on October 30th, Georgia on November 6th, and LSU on November 13th before announcing his college decision at the All-American Bowl in early January. I certainly like the Buckeyes' chances of landing Canoe, especially given his relationship with Johnson. Not to mention, if Johnson didn't feel good about where things stood in Canoe's recruitment, he wouldn't be one of just a handful of targets left at the position where the Buckeyes plan to take two or three players this cycle and are still looking for their first commitment. I recently mentioned how it felt like Oklahoma four-star Chris McClellan was slipping away, and so that leaves Canoe, Indiana four-star Caden Curry, and Georgia four-star Kristen Miller as the only realistic options to take those spots at this point in time. Now, one really cool part of Canoe's recruitment is that he's actually from Germany, he just attends a high school in California, which has helped him get recruited. And he talked a little bit about that during his camp visit. I play in a high school in California, um, Santa Margarita Catholic High School. We compete in the Trinity League against the best teams in the country, San John Bosco, Mother Day, Servite. And I just had great game film. My coach reached out to him, said we have a dude. And we sent him my highlight tape and he liked what he saw. So we, we just talked a little bit on a Zoom call. And I would say he liked my personality too. I'm always trying to be happy, always have a smile on my face yeah. to keep motivating people. So I think that's how I got my offer. I guess, what's your reaction to that when you get the offer? <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a video of me, my, my mouth drops like, <laughs> like top, top five team, top three team here. So I was just, it is different. Like for me, as far as Europeans, it's, oh, we don't really, know these schools like Americans do and now now that you get into football into the academics you're like there might be a good opportunity if he does ultimately sign with Ohio State Canoe would become the first foreign-born player to play for the Buckeyes since former kicker Sean Nuremberger in 2014 through 2018 
He was also born in Germany, but moved to the United States when he was in third grade. That said, Ohio State has never signed a player out of Europe, though the Buckeyes have signed a player out of Canada this century. Any guesses as to who that is? Well, I'll circle back with the answer at the end of the podcast. Now, and Wankman and Canoe weren't the only players to share their top schools list this week, as Pickerington Central five-star safety Sonny Styles announced the top five of Clemson, Florida, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Ole Miss on Thursday night. This one also shouldn't come as a surprise, as Styles is without a doubt the staff's top target for the class of 2023. After all, he's right in the Buckeyes' backyard, he's the son of former linebacker Lorenzo Styles, and he's coveted by every single program in the country. While it's still unclear what position Styles will play at the next level, he's truly a can't-miss prospect for the Buckeyes. Here's SIL American Director of Recruiting John Garcia talking about why that is on last week's episode. Well, it certainly helps with, with your Saturdays, right? It, it gives the defensive coordinator that much more flexibility, whether you want to bring him down to cover one of these freak tight ends that we see and, and often see in the Big Ten, uh, for that matter, uh, or to stay back and play over the top and, and close ground on a big-time wide receiver down the field. You know, we we start to see a little bit more of these hybrids as, as the years progress. Um, James Williams was that guy last year, and, and we were talking in the evaluation about like about what kind of back this is. And in the NFL, they're moving these safeties to linebacker and vice versa in the same game. And we're starting to hear a little bit of, of the term monster back. Uh, so it's like this safety linebacker hybrid that is totally dependent on down and distance and personnel. So he is the perfect monster back candidate when you talk about elites in the class of 2023. Ohio State's familiar with the guy who's in that category at 22 with uh, Jason McCullough, of course, the former OSU commitment, uh, but I think there's a lot more upside with Styles. I think he's more athletic, and I think he's more apt to actually stay in the back end and in coverage than McCullough, who's probably a little bit more of a running downhill type of, of monster back. So there's there's even types within the hybrid that we could talk about. Um, but yeah, even though it's a hard evaluation, look, look at the offer list. Look at who wants it, right? It's, it's Ohio State. It's Notre Dame. It's a who's who list. Perhaps the biggest threat to Ohio State's chances is Notre Dame, as his older brother, Lorenzo Jr., is a freshman wide receiver for the Fighting Irish. He was even in South Bend last weekend for the game against Cincinnati. Here's more from John on that particular subject. You talk about intrigue, right? When his dad played at OSU, his brother's at Notre Dame right now as a freshman, uh, Lorenzo Stiles Jr. Um, What an intriguing family dynamic this recruitment is going to be, you know, I think there was a little bit more Notre Dame vibes early and, and, and it's kind of natural, right? It's like a knee jerk reaction. You think of big bro before you think of dad, just in the progression and the influence department. Um, so naturally the moment Lorenzo Jr. Picked Notre Dame, you started to hear about, Oh, this was great. You know, the fans chime in, right? Oh, heck yeah. We're going to get his brother too. And this, you know, so that, that is carried for, for quite some time. But like you said, Ohio State legacy in in OSU's backyard, it starts to change the perception. And I think in terms of utilizing these different types of, of DBs, we'll call it just for lack of a better word at the moment, you look at what Ohio State's done with some of those type guys. You know, I think, you know, when Josh Proctor went down earlier this year, I was like, man, he's, he's one of these guys that really just makes you flexible mm-hmm. on the back end. And I think that Styles can be like a bigger version of that, which is so invaluable. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a lot of precedent there at Ohio State. Uh, Notre Dame's done well defensively as well. So I think 
on field, it's it's splitting hairs, and probably this entire recruitment is going to be splitting hairs, given given just his his family history and his location. I mean, those two things are are going to make him probably the most talked about recruit in Ohio without question in that class of, of 2023. Um, but in terms of on the field, he is a special player. He's an interesting player. I don't know what position we're going to rank him at because we don't have athlete. We like to make a call and kind of stick our necks out there. So we don't have that athlete category. So it will be neither off-ball linebacker or safety most likely still going through that. Thankfully, I have some time to make that final call. But he is so interesting at, you know, 6'4", 210 or whatever he is. Um, and that's why so many people want him. But it's going to come down to that Midwest battle between OSU and, and Notre Dame. I think John hit the nail right on the head when he said that Styles' recruitment is like splitting hairs. But the one thing that favors the Buckeyes, in my opinion, is that he really is a one-of-a-kind player that Ohio State doesn't have on its roster and would be hard-pressed to find anywhere else. Just compare it to his brother's recruitment. The Buckeyes passed on him because they were able to land Emeka Ibuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Jaden Ballard, three of the nation's top players at the wide receiver position. But look around the country and tell me where you see another Sonny Styles or someone better. I sure as heck don't see anyone like him or better. And that's exactly why the Buckeyes will do everything they can to keep him home. Of course, Ohio State would love to have him in the fold sooner rather than later, just to give the class that local person who can make sure he's on campus for every big recruiting visit, a la CJ Hicks in this year's class. I just don't get the sense that Styles is in any hurry, especially with the internal tug-of-war that certainly exists between Ohio State and Notre Dame. However, there is one player who will soon choose between those two programs, and it's IMG Academy four-star wide receiver Carnell Tate, who is set to announce his college commitment on Friday, October 8th. Tate, who is originally from Chicago, but transferred to IMG ahead of this, his junior season, was on campus twice in June. He was accompanied by his father on the first trip, and then by his mother, grandmother, and uncle the second time around. He also took three unofficial visits to South Bend in June, and another this past weekend, which is why most prognosticators seem split on which school he'll ultimately choose. Our sources within the Ohio State football program have expressed confidence in the Buckeyes' chances, but similarly, so have those who are close to the Notre Dame side of things. I think what this ultimately comes down to is Tate's relationship with Ohio State's wide receivers coach Brian Hartline, the continued production from the wide receivers on the roster, and the fact that he grew up rooting for the Buckeyes. While not all quote-unquote dream school scenarios play out, this one feels like one of those cases where it actually does. And I say that after talking with his family while he was on campus and just watching him interact with the coaching staff. Call it a gut feeling that he chooses Ohio State on Friday and then shows up for an unofficial visit for Saturday's game against Maryland. IMG does have this week off, after all. One last note, the NCAA announced on Tuesday that it has approved a one-year waiver that will allow teams to sign up to 32 players in the current recruiting cycle, provided that seven players have transferred out of the program. This decision was an effort to offset roster management issues that the programs might be having because of the transfer portal, as well as the extra year of eligibility granted to all student-athletes amid the pandemic. It will be interesting to see if this impacts Ohio State, which only has 14 players currently committed and isn't projected to have a full class of 25 signees. The Buckeyes could actually sign seven players over that limit after losing Jamison Williams, Mookie Cooper, Max Ray, Ryan Jacoby, Tyreek Johnson, Dallas Gantt, and Kayvon Pope since the end of last season. Now, I'm not sure it'll be needed, but it is still something that Ohio State is going to have to consider late in the process.
Now, I want to wrap up by sharing the answer to my trivia question about the Ohio State signee from Canada. The answer is none other than cornerback Michael Roberts, who came to Columbus in 2002 from Toronto. Roberts spent four years with the Buckeyes before transferring to Indiana State ahead of his redshirt senior season. He then briefly played in the Canadian Football League for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. The more you know, eh? Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Building the Buckeyes. I'm your host, Andrew Lind. Until next time.